the choice to spread love in a world full of pain. The generation willing to be a light in darkness. The selfless desire to serve humanity. The purpose fueled with passion to make a difference. This is Madcasters, the ultimate guide you need to impact the world. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here to connect you to impact leaders across the globe who strive to make a difference in their communities and the world. As you listen to these gripping stories and endeavors from inspirational people and organizations, you will gain the confidence to implement strategies to make a difference not only in your personal life, but to impact humanity around you. Please subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram. Support through Patreon. Together, let's make a difference and change the world. With us today, we have William Santana Lee, and he is the founder and CEO of Nightscope. And they're looking to build a safer future, one robot at a time. So with us today, Bill, I'm really grateful for you to have us on our podcast where we focus on highlighting impact leaders of the world who are looking to make a difference in our society and for humanity. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Pleasure to be here and greetings from Silicon Valley. Awesome. I must say, as I as I looked at Nightscope, uh, I want to say for, for sure, I wanted to invest in your company uh, when you when you came out on Start Engine, uh, but because of some some regulations, I'm here in Canada. I wasn't able to make that transition right right then and there. But I love what you're doing, and I just really wanted to make sure you you didn't know that at first. I appreciate that. So we've got uh, we're backed by literally twenty eight thousand plus investors and wow. four major corporations. So. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you'll be able to, to join us in the future. That sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay, can you walk us through the timeline of how you made the decision to pour your time, life, and energy into making security robots, uh, basically creating Nightscope? Um, sure. Um, I'm an ex, uh, by way of introduction, I'm a former automotive executive, um, okay. not necessarily a roboticist, and I think that's one of the advantages, mm-hmm. uh, which trying to solve a problem and our client is the United States of America. Prime mm-hmm. uh, has a $2 trillion negative economic impact on the U.S. every single year. It's a hidden wow. tax we all pay in blood, tears, and treasure. Um, and I, th- I think there's you know two answers to, to your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is just a professional one from an industry standpoint. I, I believe autonomous technology, self-driving vehicles are going to turn the world upside down, in- inclusive of the auto industry. I'm just not necessarily in agreement on the path to commercialize the technology. Mm. Um, kind of short answer is basically everyone's trying to go to Pluto or Jupiter first before stopping over at the moon. Right. Uh, and we have a decidedly different approach, which is 
crawl, walk, run, like, hey, let's get this to work like one to three miles an hour first before you start talking about 10, 25 or 70 miles an hour. Right. Um, I guess the other one's more personal. Um, I was born in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone hit my town on 9-11. I'm still profoundly pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rest of my life, I've dedicated to better securing our country. Um, I love my country, but it's it's fundamentally flawed in one particular regard. And that is that uh, from a military standpoint, uh, there's a $700 billion budget that the Department of Defense has annually. There's one person in charge, the Secretary of Defense, um, and the two plus million soldiers get every level of capability you might ever imagine. And there are massive companies to build you whatever widget a soldier Mm -hmm. might need. Uh-huh. Uh, you need a new submarine, new jet fighter, a new tank, whatever it is. You know, there's a process, there's a decision-making authority, there's budget, there's risk capital, there's all kinds of stuff to innovate. Right. Uh, on our own soil, that um, does not exist. Um, most people don't know, but the U.S. Department of Justice and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security have no federal jurisdiction over the 19,000 law enforcement agencies and 8,000 private security firms. It's oh, no one that. in charge, no risk capital, no innovation process. And that's why in the year 2021, you've got security guards sitting in a parking lot with a number two pencil and a notepad. And therein lies the uh, flaw and the opportunity. Wow. Uh, I mean, you're kind of blowing my mind with, with that information that you're, you just gave us because I had no idea of those numbers. And clearly... You saw an issue that that's being done in our society, uh, and you're opening yourself up in order for us to to solve that problem. You you talked about the fact that you were in New York City when 9/11 happened, and I I also read up on the fact that I believe Sandy Hook and the Boston bombings also were another uh, key indicator for you that launched you to wanting to create night scope can you tell us what emotions were happening how you were personally affected during these tragedies and and how that pretty much fueled you up to 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 make night scope as we know it right now sure i mean i i was born in new york city i uh, grew up with that skyline my aunt and uncle actually uh, worked in the twin towers i wasn't there during uh 2001 Mm-hmm. But the emotional impact of just ongoing violence and no one fixing it. We're on a 46th president, uh, both sides of the aisle, um, and no administration has fixed this. And the fundamental first role of government is to do what? Protect your citizens. Protect citizens, yeah. That's the number one reason why we pay taxes, why we have uh, infrastructure, and why we have uh, so many government officials. Um, but when someone gets shot or a school gets shot up or a nightclub or a mall, like, tell me who gets fired? Nobody, nobody, because everyone's, you know, bickering and pointing their fingers at the sheriff and then the sheriff asking the FBI for help. And then the FBI posting on social media, trying to find information. I mean, it's embarrassing. Mm. I mean, and it's, it is, it is beneath the dignity of our country to be acting in this manner in a major crisis. And so instead of having a big monster political debate, uh, what we decided to do is like, hey, why don't we just like try to solve the problem? Um, 
I think to elaborate a little bit on the issue is, um, so there are about 2 million humans trying to protect 328 million Americans across 50 states. And those 2 million humans are a million guards, plus or minus, and a million law enforcement professionals, plus or minus. They're running 24-7, right? Uh, So at any given time, there's only 500,000 people trying to secure the entire nation. Um, And what if we were able to give them some magical superpowers where they would have um, additional physical deterrence to Mm -hmm. to stop negative behavior in the first place? Uh, And if we can give them eyes, ears, and their voice on the ground for them to be in multiple locations at the same time, might we be able to disintermediate or de-escalate, you know, kind of ongoing issues, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe for your audience that uh, may not be seeing this, so um, a good explanation might be, you know, a healthcare facility that was experiencing one to two criminal incidents a week. Mm-hmm. So assault, theft, stolen car every single week. Uh, imagine you're wow. the nurse or the doctor. Uh, at three o'clock in the morning, the shift's over. You got to go through the minefield to get to your car. Um, it got so bad that the the human security guard would refuse the patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put the machine there, uh, and all the incidents stopped. Why? Well, it's kind of similar to, to like if you're driving down the highway and there's a police car on the side of the road. Like it doesn't almost matter what speed you're going. Right. You are going to pump those brakes. Uh, or That's if I put fact. a police car in front of your home or your office, criminal behavior changes. So if you pull into a parking lot at three o'clock in the morning at a hospital and you want to go steal a car and you see a five foot tall, 300 pound, uh, a 400 pound uh, machine that's three foot wide with the strobe light going, it says security on the side. You have no idea what it does. It's moving by itself. No one's remote controlling it. Like you're going to steal the car down the street and not there. Right, And that's what's been happening with our clients. Just being there changes uh, the overall behavior. And we just don't have enough officers and guards to be there everywhere exactly. at all times, 24-7. Exactly. Um, so that's the two-pronged solution in our eyes is, one, provide a physical deterrence. Two, provide unprecedented situational awareness for the mm-hmm officers to have these tools uh at their literally at their fingertips yeah oh man that's awesome i i you know as, as a as a child you know you saw these futuristic concepts of of robotics and everything of the sort possibly in movies or on tv shows and you know i'm looking at what you have here right behind you and you have created such an amazing uh, model uh, that that is not only going to i believe uh, impact the United States, but I hope it would even continue on throughout the world. Can you break down exactly how these robots work? Like what's special about them that we need to know that that brings up this concept that night scope alone, like we need night scopes, security robots. Um, it's a combination of Self-driving autonomous technology, mm-hmm. uh, robotics, artificial intelligence, and electric vehicles. It's mm-hmm. combining all these technologies into something that would be useful for society. Um, and we've already started making an impact. Uh, if your uh, listeners are interested, just go to nightscope.com slash crime. Mm-hmm. And you can see the long list of 
things that we've already been able to do and we're just getting started. You know, we've helped a law enforcement agency issue an arrest warrant for a sexual predator. Wow. We helped another law enforcement agency apprehend an armed gunman. Uh, we helped a security guard apprehend a thief and the list goes on and on and on. Um, and it's, it's early days. But to answer your question, think of it two, maybe slice it into two pieces. One is think of a self-driving car. So mm-hmm. it needs lasers, it needs sonar, it needs uh, wheel encoders and wheel odometry, uh, accelerometers, and a bunch of crazy software for the machine to find itself uh, within, create a map and mm-hmm. find itself within that map uh, dynamically, uh, indoors and out, and be able to navigate in uh, wide open areas or areas populated with lots of humans and, and vehicles and be able to drive itself basically yeah that's the first part the second part is how can we put a bunch of sensors on here that would allow uh, a guard or an officer to uh, have more capabilities than they might have today so we have 360 degree eye level Mm -hmm. uh, hd uh, live streaming and recorded video eye level is kind of really important a lot of people think of cctv cameras up in the air right right you know, checking out some of the people's bald spots, but it's not really helpful. <laughs> um, you know, the machines can read 1200 license plates a minute. Uh, they can run a thermal scan of an environment. Uh, they can treat your mobile device as if it's a license plate. And mm-hmm. so let's say you fired someone last week and you're worried they're going to come back. Right. So you can uh, blacklist their um, uh, mobile devices, their license plate and their face. Mm-hmm. And then the machines are literally on the lookout. Uh, the guards can also speak through the machines as if it's a mobile PA system. Uh, or you can trigger it on a detection. So, hey, it's 2.25 in the morning. Uh, you're trespassing. The authorities are being called. Just that by itself will get people to, to vacate. Mm. Um, and so that, that's kind of the beginnings. And then over time, what we want to do is get the machines, as I like to say, uh, be able to see, feel, hear, and smell and mm-hmm. do a hundred times more than a human could ever possibly do. That the projections that you have there are, are quite enormous because to doing a hundred times more than a human can do, you're you're clearly allowing for uh, a high excellency, uh, a higher level of of potential, well, but not even just potential energy, but we're talking about uh, accountability that's going to be happening right there for each company that the, that the security robot is working with. Um, but individuals are going to ask the question, you know, with those world moving towards this whole robotic way of life, you know, what does what does that mean for me? And and what are what are some concerns that that have come across because of the fact that these security robots are so efficient and may cause people not to have jobs in these types of sectors the robots are coming they're gonna come <laughs> take your job they're gonna kill you they're on their way <laughs> the level of ridiculousness is beyond me yeah uh, let me tell you why it's uh, a ridiculous assertion and kind of unfortunate that this is in in the media and amongst you know society at large um what, why don't you have your listeners plot the employment levels from 1900 mm-hmm. till 2021? Hmm. We're probably going to see three dips, I think. Uh, 1929-ish, yep. 2008-ish, 
2020-ish. Which one of those were tied to a technology again? None. None. Right. <laughs> That's what good. I thought. Well, by now, weren't like all the ATM machines, like there would be never a banker ever again? It's true. Right? Yep. Could you imagine when electricity first came online? Mm. Wow. That's the work of the devil. It, it must be. Like mm. I've seen it kill people. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like the level of silliness is beyond me. So True. that's kind of the maybe high level view. The 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 specific view as to why I think that's ridiculous is if you ever want to figure out what's happening, just follow the money. Mm. Just follow the money. So Loosely speaking, 100 to $130 billion a year go into startups. Okay. Why, hmm. why does Facebook exist? Why, do Google, why does Google exist? Why does Amazon exist? Because I, th- I, think I, I think I get this right. Google was the 13th or 12th or 13th search engine, right? Okay. Uh, um, and it's because billions and billions of dollars were invested Failure after failure after failure until someone figured it out. Figured it out, yep. Why is MySpace not, you know, overtaking Facebook? Mm-hmm. Right? There's all kinds of uh, iterations required in, in terms of innovation. And, you know, out of the $130 billion plus or minus, about 80% goes into software. Mm-hmm. 10% goes into biotech. Uh, the rest goes into quote unquote other. Uh, out of other, I tiny sliver goes into robotics mm. uh, and then almost zero goes into you know public safety or security or anything like that right so if you would have told me that out of the 130 billion you know 50 billion goes into startups every year around robotics like okay i think the cash might be there enough mm. to make enough progress to cause enough problems that we should start getting thinking about policies and that sort of stuff. Right. But we're at the technological equivalent of the 1970s for the PC hmm. industry. Robotics is just becoming uh coming out of the hobbyist category. You yeah. have a few companies and a and a number of failures. You have no major corporation that's scaled uh with a, you know, widely needed product other than maybe a iRobot vacuum cleaner. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is early, early days. And then you're, and there, uh, on top of that, there's not enough roboticists to go around. Right? Yeah, fair. Um, so you add all that up, it's like, exactly how am I going to get from here to what's on the movie screen? Like, I don't exactly. understand. And then exactly. they're like, they're taking my job. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm <laughs> about to go out, you know, out the door. Um, I think for security uh, and law enforcement professionals, it's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Even if uh, we were able to do some of the things that we wanted to get done earlier, mm-hmm. there's just not enough officers and guards like we discussed right. earlier. Right. How, how do 500,000 people secure 300 million people across 50 states is beyond me. And Insane. it's not that we want to eliminate guards or officers. We need to give them tools mm. so they can be have enough power or capability of doing the job of three or four or ten officers, mm-hmm. right? And then on top of that, think about the job itself. 
Do you know that in the guarding industry, the employee turnover rate can be up to 400%? You know, that's worse than the fast food industry. You can't even keep the guard in the job. Why are we getting so many casino contracts? Wow. Because, you know, post pandemic, none of the guards want to show up for the job. Right. Because they don't have, it's a menial, monotonous, you know, do you want to walk through the parking lot at three in the morning at right. you know, 20 degrees or in the rain or in the heat um, every you know hour and get paid uh, a very Minimum small wage. wage for that? Yeah. Probably not. But if I told you like, hey, here's an app, uh, these seven robots now report to you. Now let's have the conversation. <laughs> that's that's a whole different. Oh, that's mind blowing. That's a whole different conversation, man. Right. Wow. So I, I think that kind of changes the 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 tone. Mm-hmm. But this the robots are coming to kill you and they're gonna take your jobs. Is just yeah, I think we need a okay. whatever. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to clear that up because I know that those questions come up and and I fear I feel like people don't necessarily understand the the full concept behind that. And so the way you were able to break that down, I think that that gives a clear indication as to how this does not actually uh, cause any issues when it comes to employment or anything of the sort. If, if anything, it will only enhance, like you mentioned before, it will enhance the the jobs of law enforcement, security or as guards, I like and security guards. As I like to tell our investors, long night scope, short the criminals. Mm, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. That's nice. Let me let me ask you a question because you have four different types of robots. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Three in production, one still in development. One still. Okay, awesome. So what's the difference between the the four? I, and more so, you're doing a lot of B2B, correct? And in, in how you deal with... with uh, cons- B2B and B2G. Okay, so you have no B2C. Is that is that something that you're possibly looking for in the, in the, in the future? future? Much, I've spent too much time with lawyers. You said none uh, or any, and that's not true. We, we oh, okay, have- sorry. Uh, we do have, um, some, uh, residential, I'll say someone okay. has a large, uh, mansion slash estate, okay. uh, that, um, you know, our clients of ours, um, not a big focus, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll do it. Sounds good. I, I, I like how you said, I, I, I spent a lot of time with lawyers, so you're very <laughs> concise with the wording. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you wouldn't mind, just explain to us the, the four differences between K1, K3, K5, and 7? Sure. Uh, I'll start with the K5 is the most popular one. That was the one I was alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, for your listeners, that's the five-foot-tall, three-foot-wide, 400-pound machine. Yeah. Um, and that's the most popular one. We're primarily doing uh, our operations outdoors, uh, mm-hmm. although we do operate indoors. Uh, most of the criminal activities outdoors, unlike yeah. what people really think. Um, the K3 is uh, a smaller version of the k5 it's mm-hmm. uh four foot tall two foot wide uh 340 pounds intended for warehouses malls hospitals um it patrols indoors basically mm-hmm. uh, and then the k1 uh that's also behind me yes. is a stationary version of that machine okay. uh, for indoors or outdoors uh think of ingress and egress locations for lots of vehicles a lot of cars so mm-hmm. uh, one of uh, Casino client, for example, would have a K1 at every entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have eyes on um, at every ingress, egress location, uh, or you're monitoring vehicles coming in and out of uh, place. And the one that's still under development is the 
four-wheeled version, which is the size of a small car. That's the K7. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to go a little faster and handle much more uh, more difficult terrain, let's say. Mm. And then all of them are, once again, set up by, by apps you, used by your own, I think that's with the KSOC, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so there's, um, so the next question we usually get is, oh, so now I have to sit in front of a monitor and I, my guards have to drive these machines around. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, they drive themselves around, uh, mm-hmm. and then we provide our clients with, uh, what we call the KSOC, uh, user interface or Nightscope security operations center. Um, and it's a browser-based, um, uh, interface where the officers and guards can interact directly with the machines. Sure. Uh, so they can see through, uh, all the cameras that the machine's seeing, gathering all the data, do investigations. Uh, speak through the machine. They can type a message and they can have the machine announce it. Uh, they can uh, monitor uh, and change the patrol schedule. So, hey, on Monday, I need you uh, on floors one, two, and three in the parking structure. Uh, on Tuesdays, I need you to stay on the roof. And then on Wednesdays, I need you to, you know, stand at, you know, uh, the front lobby for, you know, for five hours. So they can they can do that all themselves mm-hmm. uh, and have the machines kind of manage uh, by by that patrol uh, schedule, mm. uh, and so we're in most cases like 80, 90 percent of our clients. We are not the guarding company. We okay. provide the technology for their security team that's staffed with their own security operations center twenty four seven to use our tools for them to do their patrols. Uh, in some cases, remotely or a law enforcement agency that needs to patrol a certain area, they don't have enough officers. So nine one one dispatch. We'll have the case open Uh, for some newer clients. We've got something that we call Nightscope Plus. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of incoming clients don't necessarily have a staff, fully staffed security operations center. They need somebody to do that. So we can have uh, remote uh, former law enforcement and military professionals uh, monitor uh, the location on their behalf. Mm. That's amazing, man. Uh, You've literally created uh, an amazing, phenomenal structure, a company, uh, almost as I said, like you've created a beast, man. I feel like this is going to be so, it is very revolutionary the way that you, that you've allowed this. And I, and I believe that, um, cause I've, I was doing a little bit of, of research as well. It seems as though you're a cut above, uh, some of the other competitions that are out there as well. And so uh, nice scope, I has a trajectory of, of, excellence and so I'm, I'm really i'm really glad that you're moving in a direction because of the heart of the matter that has caused you to create something like this in order for us to see a better society a better future and to impact our, our communities as best as we can 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 you talk to our listeners as well who who are in that valley of decision who see an issue that's happening around our in our society but just don't necessarily know exactly what they need to do to get there. What what are some entrepreneurial or innovation uh, tips that you would give to uh, an, uh, a listener who's just wanting to be greater than where they are today and to actually take those necessary steps for them to make a difference? Um, so 95% of startups fail. Yeah. 80% never make it past their third anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um. Running a startup, building a startup will drain you physically. 
it'll mess with you mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll cause you emotional anxiety. It'll mess with you psychologically. You will have the worst day of your life uh, on the same day as the best day of your life within like three hours of each other. And then, mm-hmm. you know, what's the uh, founder's uh, diet? The founder's diet is you get punched in the nose in the morning, you get punched Mercy. in the gut in the for lunch, and then someone body slams you for dinner. And then you got to get up the next morning and get back in the ring with Mercy. a smile on your face. That's that's what, you know, real entrepreneurship uh, is required. So my strong, strong advice is if you're going to do something, you better love what you're doing. Mm. The point that you will do highly irrational things that no other person would ever do to make sure that you're successful. And the only way you're going to do the abnormal items is because you believe in what you're doing so much that you will do whatever it takes. As long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, you are going to, as my, one of my best friends says, I'm the uh, no door guy. Mm. Um, he, He used to say this to me, still does. He's like, Okay, if there's like a bunch of options of what you can do uh, with your life and there's like a big wide open door, it's very clear what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Then there's a smaller door, um, not so clear what's on the other side. Then there's a door uh, that's closed and then there's no door. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill's the uh, no door mf -er. He's going to (laughs) go... And go create a door where there's no door. I like that. Just to get to the point where you can define what's on the other side. And mm. if you take that path, it it hurts. It's painful. Mm. It is not easy to do it. And likelihood of failure is pretty high. Yeah. Um, but what you got to do is when things are really tough and it's really hard, you just like, listen, you know what? Your investors don't care. Your employees don't care. Your clients don't care. The media doesn't care that it hurts. The media doesn't care that you lost a client. Your employees don't care that that person turned you down to make an investment or whatever. You got to fix it. That's right. You're the only one that's going to be able to drive forward and force stuff to happen, like literally will will it into existence. Mm. If you're going to have to pour your heart and soul into it, literally, you better pick something that you're enamored with because it is going to be a bloody painful decade or two mm. those those are real knowledgeable wise words man I re- and i really appreciate the rawness that you were able to give in that aspect because some of us look at the entrepreneurial life and just say they see the glamour they see what people show but they don't see the 96 or 97 percent of all the work that has to be done behind closed doors and how much time is really and and Oh yeah, it's just like oh, we we do an Instagram photo in the morning, <laughs> do, you know, media interview in the afternoon. That's you right. Know, download some money from the cloud and you know go to sleep soundly. Like yeah, <laughs> you want not, that? You know, you, you got the wrong wrong the wrong thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, Bill. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered when it comes to impacting lives of society? What is the, the thing that you would like to be remembered for in this world? It's not necessarily me. I want the result. Um, I, I got to stop you for one second. I absolutely. That was probably one of the best answers I've ever heard in my life. 
when it, when it comes to that question, because I've been trying to tell people that the impact that we make should not, should not stay within ourselves. It has to go deeper. It has to go above who you are as a person. And that can only happen through result. And, oh man, sorry. That was, that was a great answer. Continue, please, Bill. So the mission of Night Scope is to see if we can make the United States of America the safest country in the world. That's right. And when we started this, people were like, you're out of your freaking mind. Mm-hmm. Not your responsibility. That's the government's responsibility. This is not an investable, you know, venture. Uh, it's hardware and software. It's too complicated. You should pick one. And oh, by the way, this will never work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? Eight years later, we're backed by 28,000 investors, four major corporations. We've operated, you know, well over a million hours in the field. We hold contracts across six time zones. Tell me again. Mm-hmm. Tell me again. No. That's right. And I'm just going to force what I know needs to happen to get done one way or another and that you know we will outlast we will outwork we will do whatever it takes to achieve mm-hmm. the mission but just for one moment like let's say we were able to do it mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you flip the switch the united states of america is the safest country in the world talk to me about investment in the country what happens mm-hmm. what happens to uh infrastructure bills what happens to the volatility of financial markets what happens to that corner grocery stores viability of their local business? Mm. Talk to me about the safety of your family. Talk to me about insurance rates. Like it literally changes everything, everything. for everyone. Wow. I, I, I must say this is this has been a very enlightening episode uh, for us here at Madcasters because it 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 showed us a, a realm that many of us might not even understand or know truly when it comes to the security and law enforcement around the world. But uh, for you to take on this venture and knowing that there are so many hurdles that you'll have to take and, and then not only just hurdles, but I love the analogy that you made that you had to go through your own door. You, there was no door you created it and you had to find the path that you needed to make. I, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm inspired. And I, and I hope that, all of our listeners here are able to see that there is possibility for us to impact the world the way that we were called to make it into this world. And so thank you for, for having that vision. Thank you for executing and making it a reality because in the next years to come, I would, I will love to see how nice scope continues to change and to impact the world in the way that it is already doing so on an even greater. I appreciate that, Brian. And, you know, we're at just at the beginning of the story. It's been, uh, you know, the first chapter has been rather a long eight years to get, just get this thing going, but yeah. you know, the real work's ahead of us. So, uh, if you and your listeners, you know, would follow us in, on social media, Absolutely. go to com. sign, sign up for the newsletter at the, at the bottom there. So you can keep tabs, uh, you know, on our, on, on monthly basis on what all is going on in, in Nightscopeville, uh, would be appreciated. Awesome. We'll do. Absolutely. And everyone let's support NiceScope and what they're doing. And I'm looking forward to seeing continual growth of your company. Thank you, Bill, for so much for coming on to the Madcasters podcast, where we highlight people like you who are impacting the world and truly making a difference. Absolutely, Brian. Be safe out there. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters with your host, Brian St. Louis. Please remember, do what you are called to bring into this world. 
Someone's life depends on your willingness to obey your calling. You are special and you have something positive to bring to this world that no one else can. Every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, a new episode will be ready for you to listen and grow from. Be sure to subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Madcasters. Support the podcast through patreon.com backslash Madcasters because together we can make the difference in order to change the world.